Attention homos and homettes, the train to the Rainbow Rewatch is officially leaving the station. Please keep your hands, feet, flip phones, and webkins inside the vehicle at all times. If you're not gay, now you are. Congratulations. Get ready in five, four, <laughs> did I scare you? Good. My name is Daniel. And my name is Liliana. And today on Rainbow Rewatch, we will be re-examining Brokeback Mountain and ask the question, was this movie actually any good? Now, is it Brokeback Mountain or Bareback Mountain? Um, I feel like it could be like either or, like it interchange. Could be. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I like was convinced that it was either that I, I like switched between either the movie being called bareback mountain <laughs> which it should have been <laughs> which it should have been or the act of not wearing a condom being called like broke backing <laughs> um i wish that's what it was it like would make more sense because like you're breaking your back yeah when you get pounded in the ass like that and they were bare on, on the there mountain. was a bear on the mountain <laughs> there was a bear there was a bear on the mountain yeah. um but oh my god this movie this movie, I'm, I'm glad we watched it, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be sad for the next week. I'm gonna be sad. It pulled at ye old heartstrings. It did. Yeah. It really did. And I guess like I knew it was coming. I read, so I did read the short story. Mm-hmm. I took this like English class my freshman year of college. It was like love stories. Mm-hmm. So this is one of them. Um, and the movie was, I think, better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so I, I knew what to expect, but oh my God. Yeah. It got me good. I mean, the beginning is like so like, like beautiful and like sweet and like you're so really rooting beautiful. for them. Mm. But then in the middle, you're like, oh, oh no. I guess oh, everything no. can't be as great as you want it. And then at the end, then oh the my end, God. no spoilers, but we're going to spoil. <laughs> um, It's so fucking sad. And, and you know, I think this movie gets the, a reputation of just, like, being the gay cowboy movie, which is how I identified Same. it. Same. So Wh- I didn't think it'd be good. No. Because I've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it before. I just watched it, like, an hour ago, um, <laughs> which is why I'm still distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not expecting much. Like, oh, it's the gay cowboy movie. Like, oh, it's going to be a bunch of, like, gay cowboys. Like, I don't know. It just So mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it had much going for it. But, like, oh, my God. It had everything going for it. Yeah, I thought that they would be on the mountain the entire time. Mm. Um, I'm glad they weren't because I really enjoyed like the women. Yes, and like the scenery, and I loved the the time the time jumps and everything. Yes, I love the time jumps. Mm-hmm. That shit gets me. I think the book. I could be wrong. I read the book a while ago. I think the book just takes place just takes place on the mountain. So like it's so just them he, coming like, back over the time. Does he die? I think so. Oh, oh, so it only so they come back every so often, but they're still on the mountain, right? Okay. So okay, the okay. book just takes place on the mountain. It's a short story, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I really appreciate this movie, and it sort of was like, I think everyone knows it. It has like mm-hmm. a lot of cultural relevancy mm-hmm. because it's like the gay movie, which is so funny because there's so many other gay movies, but for some reason. This is the movie that if you were like name a gay movie, they're like, oh, Brokeback Mountain. Like it's mm-hmm. like a it's like a running joke in Hollywood. Yeah, I can't tell you the amount of times like people have referenced it or like joked about it. Um, it's just one of those like now iconic films. Um, 
which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's also not great because I think this movie does have flaws in its representation and in the fact that there are no queer people in the movie, like yeah. acting in it. Um, but in some ways, like I think it is a tipping point in terms of queer representation in the media. Because um, I was just we were talking about like how Laverne Cox sort mm-hmm. of like ushered in like the trans tipping point like she op- she helped open up the conversation mm-hmm. push for better representation um her and you know whoever gave her those roles mm-hmm. um and this movie i think is that for for gay men yeah i feel like in both cases like these were both the first like good like well-made forms of media and like, honestly enjoyable exactly and honestly more than that commercially successful yeah totally and also, they're both, like, four straight people, for the most part. Very true. Um, Very true. And, like, star-studded. Star-studded. You got, like, legends on the screen. Yeah. No, and I definitely think, like, it wouldn't have been a tipping point if this movie had not been so successful. And I would love to understand why it was so successful, beyond it being just an un- undoubtedly good film, mm-hmm. or at least emotionally unmoving film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I'm, I'm just curious about what made this do so well um but i think that's the reason why it sort of like paved the way for new media Mm because past 2005 like there was sort of a gradual explosion of queer media Mm -hmm. um because before then it there really was like sort of radio silence yeah um i mean there were films don't get me wrong um and i also hate that like the gay tipping point in quotes like is a movie about two cis white men and the actors are all also straight yeah so it's like oh great this I, th- I think the movie as a movie like and as a story very well done and i think deserves like that sort of accolades but then like looking back and it's like oh of course like this was the movie that straight people would be comfortable with the movie mm-hmm. about two straight presenting game queer men i guess or or We'll get into what they two actually faggots. are. Two, basically, two facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course, that's the one. It's like very digestible, and um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked it. Yeah, and I think what it does and why it it also works is because it it's it's existing in the past. Mm-hmm. It takes place from 1963 to 1983, but it obviously like speaks a lot on issues in the present mm-hmm. in terms of like ostracization and fear of violence stuff that queer people still face mm-hmm. i think this movie like references that so it definitely has like a lot of um cultural relevancy just the story um so i understand it but i just i don't know it's very interesting this is in the library of congress now it's a culturally significant film which is so cool it's great i wonder if there's anything trans in there hmm. i wonder hmm Let's go check under the fag section, see what they got under there. <laughs> they have Laverne Cox just yeah. like sitting there. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, baby, how I'm you doing? I'm culturally significant. <laughs> Wait, my favorite thing is um, there's this one video of Ben Shapiro like on his podcast talking about Laverne Cox, and he like he genders her correctly, and then and then th- and then will like correct himself to, to misgender her, her. which is like so funny because like. You're trying so hard. You're trying to be. I hate him. Yeah. I hate him so much. Um, would you like to give us a summary? I would love to. 
1963, rodeo cowboy Jack Twist and ranch hand Ennis Del Mar are hired by rancher Joe Aguirre as sheep herders in Wyoming. One night on Brokeback Mountain, Jack makes a drunken pass at Ennis that is eventually reciprocated. Though Ennis marries his longtime sweetheart, Alma, and Jack marries a fellow rodeo rider, the two men keep up their tortured and sporadic affair over the course of 20 years. It's it's really sad. It's so sad. I love that they call it a tortured affair because that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So, like, this movie is about two men who, like, work for a summer as, like, sheep herders as a store as the synopsis said Mm -hmm. um it's just like about their relationship going throughout the years um and it was so tragic because jack who's jake gyllenhaal um is so in love with ennis they're both so in love with each other Mm -hmm. but it's clear that jack very actively wants more he keeps saying like i want like we should go like get a ranch together or like Mm -hmm. live together or like come on like ennis like break out of your life ennis is heath ledger um and Ennis can't. And it's just like so heartbreaking how much they both wanted it, but specifically Jack, and how he couldn't escape. Like they loved each other so much that they were like down, like going down the spiral of unhappiness, but they couldn't get out because they loved each other so much. Mm-hmm. That shit is heartbreaking. I feel like they could have just lived together and Well, like... Ennis was a pussy. Yeah, no, exactly. Non pejoratively. <laughs> Non-misogynistically. Exactly. Um, I feel like they really could have lived together. And they could have had a happy life just up in the mountains by themselves. They could have made a little cabin on Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> and instead, Jack's ashes are scattered there. <laughs> okay, but, but when, really. <laughs> when fucking Anne Hathaway was like... We'll get into this later. But when Anne Hathaway was like, he wanted his ashes scattered on Brokeback Mountain, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Here comes the tears. That is <laughs> that is the saddest thing. Like, that was the only place he truly could be himself and, like, be with the man he loved. That's what I'm saying. It's like this place was the only way for them to feel themselves, mm-hmm. as you just said. Um, But also, like, even after 20 years, even after Jack has his whole life, that's the place mm-hmm. where he wants to... L- I'm not going to cry. <laughs> That's the place where he wants to rest. Yeah. No. No? Why don't so you read a fun sad. fact while I'm gathering myself <laughs> back together? Okay. So fun fact number one, Jake Hall is the godfather of co-stars Michelle Williams and Heath Ledger's daughter, Matilda Rose Ledger. That's so sweet. So I guess Heath Ledger and Michelle Williams met on this film. That would make yeah, sense. Yeah, they did. Because yeah. they were infamously married. And then before, before he died. Yeah. I can't. Heath Ledger, sorry, is so talented. I he mean, is. like, obviously, everyone's seen The Dark Knight. Uh-huh, he's uh-huh. good. But he's just like, he really is good. He transforms. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he, like, puts thought into his roles. And he, like, he he's doing the craft of acting versus, like, just getting up there and acting. Um, but, oh, my God, Jake Gyllenhaal's the godfather. Yeah. That's so cute. You should be the gay father. <laughs> <laughs> Those fags. Um, I really love Jake Gyllenhaal. I love he's a him, cutie. Like, everything he does, and he's so cute. Yeah. Well, he was on Broadway recently. He was in Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, I. That was on Broadway recently. I love that musical. I, I did not know musical. that. You love that musical? Yeah, I love Bernadette in it. Yeah, I love Bernadette. So good. That is. That is my top three favorite musicals. Really? I also cry at that every time. Uh, it's really beautiful. I saw it in Boston, and I literally, when I tell you I was crying the entire second act, 
which was basically the same experience I had watching this movie, mm-hmm. crying the entire second act. I cried so much. I don't I, know why. Uh, they, do they have a musical version of that? <laughs> no. I'm sure that would be <laughs> sickening, right? Oh, my God, no, they don't. But through my Wikipedia, they have an opera. <laughs> oh, bitch. You know it's going to... You know you know, Jack is a tenor. You mm-hmm. know Ennis is a bass. Mm-hmm. That's just how opera works. Period. The bottom. Honestly... I need to see it because there aren't a lot of gay operas. Also, mm-hmm. operas are a very, very cis, white, um, straight Italian environment. X. Italian X environment. <laughs> um, I love that. Fun fact number two. Yeah. According to reports, Heath Ledger nearly broke co-star Jake Gyllenhaal's nose while filming a kissing scene. <laughs> he was very aggressive. He was very aggressive. I was going to say... I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, they were, like, very... And then that one scene where, like, Heath is, like, collapsing all sad at the end when they're, like, breaking up, sort of. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, like, all over each other, like, basically fighting and wrestling. Um, Ennis, that character, it's very scary how I think accurately it captures what it, it means to be abusive. Mm-hmm. Because he's an abu- he's an abusive person, like to everyone in his life. He abuses Alma. Mm-hmm. He abuses and Alma Junior. And does he? I mean, he was just a bad father. Well, right, but I mean physically. Right, right, right. right. And um, to to Jack, mm-hmm. he was abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you could like there's this like violent passion that you can tell is coming from a place of like emotional repression because mm-hmm. you repress so much and the only way you know how to lash out is like through violence which is like i think a big part of his character he like tries to fight a lot of people throughout mm-hmm. the film um and then i think that comes out in his in his relationship and his passion yeah like um the first time they were gonna kiss like he was very um like um, hesitant. tense mm. he- tense and hesitant mm-hmm. um, in a violent way mm-hmm. and then when he like when they kiss for the first time because they have sex they don't kiss but when they kiss for the first time and cuddle Heath is like playing Ennis like vi- like he's so he's like violently relieved he's like mm-hmm. so so at ease and so like thankful to be like with this man who he loves that he's like like he doesn't know what to do with his body and it comes out in violence mm-hmm. and I think that like it's a very interesting portrayal not at all surprised that it led to Jake Gyllenhaal's nose almost being broken because it's a very physical Mm -hmm. performance. I will get to my thoughts on Ennis later, but like, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really like him. I think he's a bad person. I don't think you're supposed to like him. I think you're supposed to be sympathetic Mm -hmm. towards him because he's obviously very, very flawed. I mean, if he just was like, we were like, suck it up, fag. Go be happy with your boyfriend. Yeah. The movie would have been over. He could have just been happy with his boyfriend. He could have just been happy. And so you're not supposed to like like his choices because throughout the whole movie, he has every opportunity to like go and, and be with Jack and face mm-hmm. the consequences. Um, but he chooses not to. It's like cowardice. So yeah. he is like a very flawed character. I think I'm still sympathetic towards him mm-hmm. because how fucking sad. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he's in that situation. Right. Um, okay, so fun fact number three. Let's do it. Uh, afraid that Anne Hathaway's previous films, The Princess Diaries and Ella Enchanted, would work against her during auditions, the casting director introduced Anne to Angeli, the director, as a New York City Broadway actress. Uh, Angeli, is that how you say her name? I think it's Ang. I oh, think it's it a man. boy. Ew. <laughs> um, Angley had an. I thought it was like Angie. Angela. <laughs> yeah, um, Angela Lee. He hadn't seen uh, 
any of Anne's nor Michelle Williams's previous works before they auditioned and subsequently cast them in the film. I also found out that Anne Hathaway showed up to her audition on a lunch break from filming Princess Diaries 2. She showed up in a ball gown. <laughs> that is sickening. That's sickening. That's how I want to live. Yeah. I cannot believe that Anne Hathaway was 23 in this film she served like dolly parton old matron toward the end in like the 1983 scene i just i'm so obsessed with anne hathaway and like obviously she's a good actress Mm -hmm. she's incredible Mm -hmm. but like she was so young in this film thank god they cast her yeah i didn't know because i knew that heath ledger and jake dylan hall were the boys i didn't know that it was michelle williams and anne hathaway as the wives because they're both i'm obsessed with both of them yeah they're both sickening Anne Hathaway is just another, like, she transforms into her characters, too. She transforms. Like, Fantine. Bitch, I love that. Does she Fantine. Do a, whatever, same thing. <laughs> but does she do a British accent? Yes. Yes, she does. Was it in France? Yes. Yes, but who can blame her? <laughs> she was still in character. Mm-hmm. This film, she did a, a Texan accent. Mm-hmm. She did it. She was so cute. I love her. Yeah, I loved, like, A, I loved her first scene where she looked like Jessie from Toy Story. Yes. With her, like, red with hat. The red and hat. Um, and her bangs and her, like, flowy hair. Yeah, yeah. And her, like, red nails during the calling scene. Yes. It was, it was I love her. Okay, fun fact number four. Heath Ledger declined to go to the one-month mo- one cowboy camp that had been organized as he had grown up on farms in Western Australia. Jake Gyllenhaal was required to attend, however, as he needed roughening up. <laughs> Classic top and bottom. Classic top and bottom. <laughs> no, Jake, you can tell he was soft. Yeah. He's, he's too cute. He's just so adorable. He's so pretty. Yeah. I wonder how old he was. He was probably in his 20s. Yeah, I guess he had already done, like, Donnie Darko, right? I don't know. Because I know Heath Ledger was 25. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sickening? Yeah. They were all so young. And they played, like, people much older than them. All of them. Yeah. Including Michelle Williams, who's also very young. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow. Just good good acting in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you texted me halfway through the film. You were like, I don't know if I like it. It's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's definitely slow. But... The performance is grounded, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, it is slow. It is, like, very meditative. I mean, I was... They don't talk for the first four minutes of the film. There's mm-hmm. no talking for, like, four minutes. There's no, there's no talking for long stretches of it, actually. It show a lot of nature, a lot of just action. So it mm-hmm. is, like, kind of slow. But at least, like, the performances are good. It, mm-hmm. like, makes it, makes it real. I guess it just wasn't really what I was expecting. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of, like... Um, I wasn't expecting any sort of time skip. I wasn't yeah. expecting, like, I, all the wife scenes I thought would be, like, flashbacks. You just thought it was all going to take I place on the was, mountain. I thought it was just the one trip up It was the a two-hour fuckfest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted. I would have liked that, honestly. I, not better, because I like, I like the story. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they rushed their initial relationship. I was yeah. kind of like, I don't believe that they're in love. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. And it's supposed to be a whole summer, that first scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like the time is kind of confusing. But it's supposed to be like two, three months that they're together. Um, but didn't it snow? It's, it, he, they said it's August. Oh my god, it snowed in August? Well, because they're like up in the mountains. Okay, true, 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 true. They're like up in the mountains. Um, there, was, there was this one shot... It was honestly this film was very beautiful. There was this one shot of like the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Must have been taken from like 
a, a couple miles away mm-hmm. of just like the sheep going right. up the mountain. Right. It was so was goddamn beautiful. beautiful. Also, what were they doing on that mountain? They were just <laughs> guarding the sheep. Why did the sheep have to do that? I guess like instead of going around the mountain, they like would travel the hypotenuse like through up the mountain. But then they just okay. So you think they were taking them somewhere? I thought they were like I thought they were taking them to a different but farm. They, but they were. They took them out of cars to bring them to the mountain. They were already in trucks. I think... I I don't know. I don't have answers. I think they were just like... I guess the sheep have to like be outside for a while or like roam. I don't know. I don't... Do people still do that? I don't know. But I was also like... When the sheep got mixed in with the Chilean sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny. But I was also like, why... What is the benefit of bringing these sheep here? You're just... They're just dying. They're going to get eaten by coyotes... Like, they weren't cheering them. No, they were just chilling. And what, two I, men for, what, a thousand sheep? A thousand sheep. Come on. I don't... I, do you know what I mean? Like, why are they there? Yeah. I'm not going to question it because, like, they got to fuck on the mountain, but why are they there? Um, anyway. Yeah. Let's, I don't know how farming works. I don't know how farming works. I don't know how ranching works. This whole movie, I was like, Heath, my man, just stop working on farms. Yeah. There's better jobs. <laughs> Just don't do Just it. Just love your man. Just love your man. Love your children. Mm-hmm. And um, they could have all lived together. They could have all lived together with their sheep. Um, no one was really like. Not many people were like home of home of phobic to them. Just the people who killed Jack. Right. <laughs> Just the people who killed Jack and the people who killed that other man earlier in the film. Wait, what? Remember when Ennis is talking about a flashback where he's like, I knew two men who were ranching together. And then one of them got like brutally murdered. Oh my God, wait. I don't don't remember remember that. There was this flashback scene of Ennis's father walking with two children. One of them is supposed to be Ennis. Uh And they like look at this corpse. And Ennis is telling the story of like one of the the ranchers who's with another man, presumably gay, um, was like brutally murdered. Like, they said he like they dragged him around by his dick until it like fell off and he died. Like it was something. It was brutal. It was awful. Oh my god! Um, I guess I missed that. You must have. It was. <laughs> I don't know how you could have. Oh my god! That's so sad. It's awful. So I like mean, there shit, is like, a lot happens. of and 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 it said. My dad wanted me to see that he might have even killed that guy himself, because so basically that was like reasoning why ennis is so repressed and so self-loathing that's so sad is that so sad his dad was like look at this faggot murdered yeah don't be like that and ennis was like okay <laughs> that's awful it's awful okay oh, wait no. let's get back to it we're gonna take a quick little break <laughs> mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. 
Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Are you still shook? <laughs> I am like so shook. That's literally the saddest. It's like really sad. And I think that this movie sets up really well the world that they inhabit mm-hmm. of like, this is the 1960s, 70s in the Wyoming, like in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they set up the rules of this society really well, just in terms of like, men don't talk to each other. They don't look at each other. They don't do anything. They don't even talk to their wives. They don't talk to their wives. They come back from work and they do whatever. It's 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 very um, interesting. I'm thinking about that scene where after they had sex and were cuddling, they like the next morning they're like roughhousing. They're just like playing around, and the guy, the 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 guy who sent them on this job, like sees them mm-hmm. and he's like those faggots, and they're just like wrestling mm-hmm. like they're not even doing anything which is kind of like boyish and like right. manly right no but it's like i guess it's like boyish rather than manly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're like boyish fags um because the men are supposed to be like not having fun mm-hmm. like i think just the fact that they were playing around that he was like oh they're fucking which is wild but yeah. but that like sets up this world so well of like the society that's so repressed mm-hmm. i guess or or very like I don't know, like internally hateful. I don't know yeah. how to describe it. Um, and but I love um, that the movie sets up like Brokeback Mountain and nature, just as like I think I think they like pose nature and society as like two opposite forces. Where like mm-hmm. nature is like where where you can be like free, where you can be free from rules, free from judgment, free from like other people looking, but like in society you're always being watched and it's always talks about how he feels like he's always being watched and that you can't ever escape and there's like this very interesting like dynamic between the two mm-hmm. um which makes it so sad that he wanted his ashes in Brokeback Mountain which is like the representation of not in their the freedom family plot well he hated his dad yeah um i don't know i just think that's very interesting and i i'm i'm glad that the movie like played into that by by making it so beautiful mm-hmm. and all the scenes about nature um I think we should talk about the fact that they're straight actors. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's understandable because, like, there weren't even that many gay men in Hollywood at the time or, like, like out gay men. Out and, yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, this story, I think it's important and I think it needed to be told. And, yes, if it was released today, um, like, they would probably get gay actors because they'd get canceled. But also, Call Me By Your Name was two years ago. True, true. Two, three years ago. And Call Me By Your Name is sort of like the Brokeback Mountain of like Gen Z. Gen Z. Because people like love that movie. And people like, and like a lot of like straight women love that movie. I hate it. It's just, but I wonder what's the difference between those movies. That movie, I was like, this is the most boring film I've ever seen. This movie, I was crying the whole time. So, like, I wonder what it was about this movie i think honestly what it was less so than the the acting which i think i just don't like timothy chalamet, chalamet. Mm-hmm. um so that did probably not help um but the the repression because mm-hmm. no one was repressed in call me by your name he was mm-hmm. just like uncomfortable i'm like i don't want to watch you be uncomfortable i want to watch you be like unfulfilled mm-hmm. and repressed and like which you could argue also happened in call me by your name mm-hmm. um i just didn't like the literal pedophilia I mean, I guess it's different with Italian law, but it's no. still a child and an adult. No, they're still, still a cannibal. 
Yeah, well, that me hammer. <laughs> I love that everyone's. I, I keep seeing all uh, articles online like "Call Me by Your Name" sequeled canceled. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, one of the leads eats people, <laughs> <laughs> eats other human beings. Probably the right choice. Yeah. Um. Oh my god, that's so funny. So. Yes, there are straight actors, and I think, like, I agree. I'm glad this was made, Mm -hmm. and I think it needed to be made, and I'm glad it was made at the time it was, but it is, like, disappointing Mm -hmm. that they're not... It's sort of just, like, I think we're at this place where it's, like, yeah, what, like, obviously, it was straight actors, like, Mm -hmm. and I think we can parse apart, like, I think what's, what's helpful is, like, being, like, well, obviously, that is not... A good thing and we're, we accept that like we want queer people playing queer roles like that's get that out of the way but at least like they were respectful of the role um one thing i i saw online was that ledger made a comment because because the whole press was like were you uncomfortable like were you afraid of playing this role blah 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 basically being like oh my god how did you do it straight man how did you play gay mm-hmm. um and Heath Ledger was like, I'm not afraid of it. Like, I'm not uncomfortable by it. But I am, like, afraid that I'm not mature enough to play this role. That's what Meanwhile, he, he hit out of the park. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. But that just shows, I think, me that he was less worried about being a spectacle or being, like, you know, putting, putting on queerness. But mm-hmm. rather, like, am I doing this role justice? Mm-hmm. Which is good because we're we're asking for queer representation that's truthful characters and people where they exist outside of their queerness so the fact that ledger was approaching it from like can i be this person can do i have the emotional maturity to like give play this feeling rather than like mm-hmm. james corden how much how many times can i you know pop my hip <laughs> um <laughs> i saw bad. one i saw one like little fun fact that said um did did angley write the short story too. No, Annie Prol Prolks did. Okay, so she, is that a that's a woman, that's right? A woman. So she wrote. Uh, she gave Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger like autographed copies of the book, and she wrote like to Jake Gyllenhaal, and then when she wrote it to Heath Ledger, she wrote she accidentally wrote to Ennis. Wow. And then she didn't change it because in her mind, like he perfectly embodied the character. That's and, like, interesting. Did such a perfect job. So it's interesting to hear that like he like was scared he didn't do a good enough job meanwhile like the little writer of the story was like you captured it perfectly mm-hmm. that's very and and again like Heath Ledger it was sadly amazing super talented mm-hmm. and like again you can tell he put the work in totally which is good like it's it's all I guess that we can ask for of course like I would love for this movie to be like I wish it could be remade with queer people mm-hmm just because like there's then an there's an added feeling for me mm-hmm. when I'm like watching a movie about queer people and I know that they're queer actually like it just makes it more interesting to me mm-hmm. not only can I usually tell like can I feel like difference mm-hmm. um but like it puts the movie in context in terms of like where I am now like mm-hmm. I'm like oh look at these queer people like relaying this queer experience that's you know very difficult so mm-hmm. you know it is what it is yeah i just feel like we had to bring that up mm-hmm. um although jake gyllenhaal did say he's not gay and he's never been attracted to men but he would be open to it i want queer baiting so bad. <laughs> i remember him and tim holland tom holland did a lot of queer baiting 
Um, right before Far From Home, Survivor Man Far From Home. Um, and, and I just remember that was, like, so, like, funny. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, we're pretending to kiss or something like he's that. He's so fine, though. Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh he's, seed, like... honestly, he's hotter now than he was in this film. Totally, totally. I love him with a full beard. Oh, my God. It's so full. It's full. Yeah. He's a daddy. Yum. He's a daddy. Um, also, something definitely we want we need to talk about mm-hmm. because you know this movie is about two men who aren't out. Um, they're I mean also like what was being out or not out in the sixties sort of yeah. different rules, but we could using modern lingo say they were like DL mm-hmm. to some degree, um, and we'll get I think later into like what do we call them or mm-hmm. do, what do we label them if we should label them at all, but I definitely think we should bring that up because. Obviously, being on the DL is something that is still done today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I think this movie does bring it up in a lot of interesting ways, mm-hmm. for sure. I know um, I know some men, who grown men, who had whole families before they came out. And they... I've talked to some of them, and they said they knew the whole time. Oh, my God. And, like... I literally... I feel so bad for them, I do. But I cannot help but feel worse for their wives. It's undeniably worse. Because, like, no, I guess uh, it's different types of bad. I know, that's not even compare. Because, um, like, yes, they were both robbed of having, like, a youth, ha- starting a family with someone they could actually, like, physically love. I know some couples who are like, yes, I'm gay, but, like, you, my wife, you are the one exception. So maybe it's sort of a really deep platonic love mm-hmm. or like a deep, deep, deep friendship. And I know some couples who like stay together. Brown and Lyndon Burke. Right, 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 right. Totally. Who I'm obsessed with. Queen. Um, no, but I think the difference is that you, you're right. And it is like so upsetting that they're both robbed in that mm-hmm. way. And then on one hand, it's like, well, the man has the... If we're talking, if it's if it's we're talking about a gay man and a woman in a mm-hmm. relationship, the man has the choice, I guess, to pursue a life with a partner that he actually wants to be with or, mm-hmm. or feels sexually attracted to, rather than his wife. So you could be like, it's more his fault. Mm-hmm. But then also, obviously, it's society that's holding him back or making him feel like he can't do mm-hmm. that. So it really is society's fault. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do feel really bad for the women, and especially in this film, yeah, like. Poor motherfucking Alma. Like she yeah. was just, she just really wanted to be with Ennis. Yeah. Um. And then um, the other lady, Linda Cardellini or whatever. Cardinelli. Cardinelli. Yeah. I don't even know what her name is in this film. <laughs> um, like blonde girlfriend number yeah, two. Exactly. She was like in love with Ennis too, and like, and then when she said, "I got really choked up when when uh, Ennis was like." I probably wasn't any fun anyway. And then she responded, you don't don't fall in love with fun. Yeah, you don't fall in love with fun. Which is, like, so, like, that's so true. Mm -hmm. Like, girls don't fall in love with fun. And, like, Ennis is probably, like, he, deep down, he is such a good person. He is such a good guy. And I'm sure he'd make a phenomenal husband. But, like, or boyfriend or whatever. Mm. But he just can't because he's too emotionally detached yeah and it's really just disappointing because like these poor women who just like want a family and like i'm really glad that alma divorced so there's this one scene where like ennis and alma they have two kids already and they're about to have sex and uh, alma is like we should use some protection and he's like well 
I thought we were going to have a baby right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like, well, we'll have a baby if you can support the baby. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if we're not having a baby, we're not having sex. Mm -hmm. And so they stop having sex. And Michelle Williams is like shirtless, like, you're fucking kidding me. And I was like, girl, divorce him. And then Mm -hmm. the the next scene is her divorcing him. (laughs) Which was like, I was like, it's so interesting because I obviously empathize with the queer characters Mm -hmm. the the gay queer men in this film um but i was like rooting for ama to like get the fuck out Mm -hmm. because i was like it's just you can't you know as as hard as it is to like own up to how your feelings Mm -hmm. like it's worse to make someone suffer because of them yeah because you're just dragging someone else down yeah and i love that ama was able to find uh like a stepfather for her kids and like a new husband that was like sweet although he wasn't like a flushed out character or anything Mm -mm. but i was really happy to see um her being able to start her own life with hopefully someone who's who's straight hopefully (laughs) (laughs) or at least interested in her yeah um but it's like really sad to just watch this movie with these men who can't express themselves and Mm -hmm. like again we talked about how brokeback mountain is this like is the one place where they feel free Mm -hmm. honestly it's like not even brokeback mountain it's them each other like each other is the place where they feel free and where they feel like they can be themselves yeah um and it's just really disappointing that that still happens like like again that's why this movie was so resonant with me i think is because this shit still happens like obviously society is a lot more accepting um being a gay man I don't think is a death sentence anymore. Mm-hmm. I took so long to say that sentence because being a trans woman is. Yeah. We, we see trans women being murdered all the time mm-hmm. for being trans. So like that still exists Yeah, for trans people. But like the, the fear of being outed, of being just like ostracized, mm-hmm. it's something that people still face. Even though you can live a successful life being queer, it's just sort of like if you... There's this feeling, I think, with a lot of queer people that if you, like, name it, if you, like, put it out there, then you're, like, damning yourself to mm-hmm. a life of being an other, yeah. which in a lot of respects it is. Yeah. Like, we are othered in, in ways that we shouldn't be, um, in, in subtle ways, I think, that we don't even probably notice in our everyday lives, um, but that make it scary. Yeah. And so, like, it sucks that the shit that was going on in the 60s still in some way has resonance 60 years later. Yeah. It's wild. Just this weekend or just the other day, um, this like Viner who like doesn't really do anything anymore, really. <laughs> I was going to say, like... I don't think Viner's, <laughs> I don't think Viner's still up. He was like a Viner back in like what, like 2015. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think he does like OnlyFans now. He um, posted on his close friends uh, Instagram story, him telling a story about how he saw Nikita Dragon going home with this guy and he went up to this guy's, like, friends and was like, by the way, like, that's, like, your friend's going home with a dude. And, like, outed her as trans. Meanwhile, I literally, I don't even think they were going home to have sex. And, like, his friends, like, called him up, like, on the phone, was like, dude, like, you're, you're, like, taking a trans woman home. Like, meanwhile, and he, and this guy, Nick, this, this finer, or I think his name's Nick. He was like, um, he said he was doing it to make, to like look out for his fellow dude to make sure he's not getting tricked. Cause that's like all the rhetoric, all the rhetoric that's going on right now. And he, meanwhile, 
Meanwhile, he could have known. Even if they were going home to have sex, he could have known. But he was, like, putting his butt in someone else's business. He could have put both Nikita and that that boy in danger. Let's yeah. say he knew. And then his friends go, like, beat him up for being attracted to a trans woman. And then he goes and kills Nikita. Because that's how it, that's how it goes. That's, that's, how the it goes. Only, that's one of the only reasons trans women get murdered. Because they're the men that they're having sex with get ridiculed by their friends. Or are... Fear of being ridiculed by their friends. That is literally awful. Yeah. Um, and it makes me just think about how, like, oftentimes the people who are the most violent towards queer people, towards trans people, mm-hmm. are often those who are, like, just adjacent to those uh-huh. communities or, or within. Yeah. Like, like, like straight men who might be attracted to a trans woman. It's like, that's who... I, I I could be wrong. I feel like I need to do more research on this. Like I'm very curious about specifically all the trans women that have been killed just this year, mm-hmm. um, brutally. I wish there was some way of knowing like what was the motivation, how were the people related to them. It seems like honestly are just like sporadic hate crimes. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like the a lot of violence that queer people face are faced by people who were meant or or were. were we should trust or mm-hmm. or that pose themselves as people who could be trusted yeah um it's very disappointing he posted that on his close friends why would he do that yeah he and was like obviously story time <laughs> like like one of his friends like i guess screen recorded it and leaked it although i mean it all could be a publicity sound it could because nikita has been facing backlash and she needs a little bit of a sympathy and this guy's <laughs> completely irrelevant so maybe but like maybe. he was tweeting stuff like i don't get why people are mad like i was speaking facts like i was only speaking facts and stuff like that and i was like wow you're not even gonna apologize no like i was expecting to see some sort of like apology also just because you're speaking facts doesn't mean you're not a bigot yeah like what is a fact like i i just watched fucking contrapoint's video where she was talking about this like Mm -hmm. uh, what is a fact a fact is nothing without purpose Mm -hmm. why are you using this fact why are you presenting it Mm -hmm. um that's why but that's a very awful story and I think like again related back to the movie because mm-hmm. there is a lot of hate crimes and violence that the queer characters face. I mean, I already talked about that one queer character who is like brutally murdered in this flashback scene mm-hmm. and then Jack in the end. It's sort of like um so Ennis after like 20 years finds out that Jack dies after they have this really emotional scene where where Jack is like, I just want to be with you. And Ennis is like, I can't. And they it's like very, very heartbreaking. Um, and then Ennis gets a letter back that says like deceased. Mm-hmm. Like that the letter he was sent to Jack came back because um, he died. And um, he calls his wife and his wife is telling the story of what happened. And she says that like the tire exploded and he got like knocked back and he drowned in his own blood. And then there's a cut to a scene where he's like, being beat by like a couple of men and i think the implication is that like that's actually what happened to him is he was like sort of hate crimed mm-hmm. um for i guess being out because mm-hmm. um, he was out with with david harbour right he was it was implied that they end up having a little thing yeah um i don't know if they were out but they were certainly like i guess people must have known yeah um so it's like it's so awful because like it validates being discreet. It validates mm-hmm. not being out or being on the DL because Ennis has these fears his whole life of like what will happen to him. 
if he comes out or if he presents as queer or lives with a man and then like that happens to the man he loves i'm glad that he doesn't never know that because mm-hmm. anne hathaway doesn't tell him that mm-hmm. he tells him that the tire exploded whether she knew how he actually died or not um at least ennis doesn't live the whole rest of his life like i was right i'm gonna really hide this part of myself mm-hmm. um but still there's a lot of violence yeah. it's very upsetting first of all move move up north just get just get out of the south yeah like it wasn't much better up here but come on yeah. <laughs> come I mean, on now. get out of wyo get out of texas get out um let's take a quick little break my love mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh she's back she's back and she, she's back and she she's clearing her throat, throat. <laughs> um oh i i know what i want to talk about mm-hmm. so there are a lot of differing interpretations of these characters sexualities right are they gay are they bi are they queer are they straight are they gay for pay mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they okay so i think well, of course, I would like to see um, diversity along the sexual spectrum. I do think that they're gay because they do not seem to care about, like, their wives. Ennis did not want to have sex with Alma. Um, Mi- Jack was in love with with Ennis, and then he divorced um, Annie, uh, Anne Hathaway, whatever it is, <laughs> what, Laureen or something. Laureen, yeah. Um. He divorced her to live with um with David Harbour. And he didn't divorce. Oh really? He wanted to move up to their old ran- to the ranch that his parents lived at with David Harbour. Mm-hmm. I guess we saw less of Jack and Lorraine's relationship than we saw with like Alma and Ennis. But I feel like Ennis really did not like women. It's mm-hmm. And I think you're right by saying we want diversity on the spectrum. Here's my take. Mm-hmm. It is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. I think that these characters are both queer. Again, labels again, and labels are sort of not important here. They certainly right. fall on the spectrum. Everyone does, but mm-hmm. they certainly are somewhere in the middle. I would say that Jack probably leans more towards the gay side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. My interpretation of Ennis is that he certainly is also on the spectrum, but he probably leans more towards the straight side, more towards the middle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think he's... I think he's just not sexual. Like, Jack makes a point. He's like, I had to go down to Mexico get a blowjob because, like, I can't hold it. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not like you, Ennis, who can just go months without getting fucked and then fuck me once in the woods and then be good mm-hmm. just seems like ennis doesn't really need that with his wife or with anyone mm-hmm. but he wants it with jack because he loves jack so i think what happens is it's not that he's not sexually attracted to women i think he probably is mm-hmm. it just seems that he was only in love with jack which is very different mm-hmm. so i would probably say that they're both some way queer i just using that umbrella term Mm -hmm. because i don't think calling them gay or bi or straight or anything specific is really relevant it's just like two men who fell in love with each other and i think that's the important part Mm -hmm. um but i do think it's important to not erase the fact that they both have relations with women throughout the film Mm -hmm. so it's not as simple as just being like they're gay although i know a lot of people 
um, queer, specifically queer commentators and authors have been like, calling them anything but gay is pandering to the straight audience, Mm -hmm. which I don't know. Good thought. Good thought. Um, We have to talk about how they have sex on the mountain. Can you? Can you? Um, So when Annas and Jack first have sex, um, Annas spits into his hands and I guess like rubs his dick and that's the lube. That's all the lube they use for like full on, like I'm sure very rough, knowing Annas, um, anal sex that would you would get hurt you, you would, would die absolutely get hurt you would bleed out and die on them i would simply give up on life if <laughs> someone was doing that to me i guess like using your fucking like i just like shit on his dick at that point honestly because spit i don't i don't like when people spit on my dick because it makes it sticky <laughs> like it it works for yeah. like it works for three seconds and then it like gets it dries up and, and then you need sticky. more mm-hmm. um i don't like it and and also, they they didn't even kiss. They didn't. They were just touching for like five seconds, mm-hmm. and then Jake Gyllenhaal's like ass up. Yeah, and then they start fucking. I'm like, do you think you're that hard? Was his first time having gay sex, Jack. Yeah, that's definitely a good question. For Ennis. Definitely for Ennis. I would say he probably fooled around with like mm-hmm. the the his neighbor mm-hmm. when he was like a, a boy, because he sort of like he was willing to bottom you don't okay you don't just wake up one day and are like i'm a bottom now you have to know that that's he honestly probably what happened is he like jerked off thinking about men and like figured out that he put his confirmed put his fingers in his butt that's probably what happened Mm -hmm. um because you're right like you don't just like bent over like i guess i'm the bottom you go from zero to nothing right i mean from <laughs> that's the same thing zero and nothing <laughs> are the same thing you don't go from zero to 100 um zero to 100 and back down to nothing. <laughs> it's so rough and um obviously this is pre-aids but they yeah. didn't use any condoms yeah. any nothing like that and then i guess he was cruising in that one scene right well yeah because jack goes down to mexico and he's like pick he picks up a, a sex worker on the side yeah. of the street a male sex worker crazy good for him crazy time he was like fuck you jack uh, ennis i'm not waiting for you i'm yeah. getting my dick sucked um we're fucked mm-hmm. um i wonder if he <laughs> when he had sex with anne hathaway in the car i was just imagining him like bending over and being like oh wait sorry <laughs> i feel like he, she would get the strap she would get the strap yeah i dream of Anne hathaway getting the strap <laughs> for me she's beautiful i love her so i much. love my mom walked in while while i was watching this and goes i love Anne hathaway and i think she's pretty in everything she does she I... looks kind of ugly in this one though <laughs> and i was like oh that she looks pretty in this i loved it was it the hair i think it was the hair yeah she does this like you know i see this trend on tiktok now where people like right. curl their hair in yeah yeah that I do love her sort of like Farrah Fawcett moment. She's toward... gorgeous. And then I love like when it gets all like golden, golden blonde. Because she goes from brunette to blonde as yeah. the movie progresses. I love that. Yeah. Cute little details like that. Um, Something else I want to talk about though mm-hmm. is how this movie was like branded. Because when I was looking up um, on Wikipedia, apparently the, the gayness of it all was not really like publicized so much. Like, there was not a lot of like obvious queerness in all the pro- uh, the promotional media, mm-hmm. but apparently in a trailer there was a straight sex scene, but they didn't have 
any maybe they wanted to keep it a secret yeah. but basically the movie was being like kind of accused of hiding itself to get people to come see it mm-hmm. um which I is mean, so which weird is a mood I mean, I I understand why they would think that way, especially in like 2005. Um, But like, come on, girl, that's what the movie's about. Yeah, like like it's it's about the relationship between two men. You can't hide that. Yeah, and if you are hiding that, like like you said, I understand why. Mm -hmm. Like, probably that was a smart move on their part. Like maybe they just got people to come see it, and they were like, exactly as we were as. Two queer people, like, I don't really want to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they watched it, and they were like, oh, Dan, it's pretty good. Imagine going into this movie not knowing it's about gay people. And then, like, like half an hour 20 in. 20 minutes like, in. He's like, wait. 20 minutes in, Jake Gyllenhaal's getting fucked in the ass. And you're like, yeah. oh. And, like, you brought your kids to see the, the <laughs> cowboy movie. The cowboy movie. I thought they were going to just fighting. <laughs> fighting Indians. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're not having sex. They're wrestling. They're wrestling. They're playing. He took off his pants because they were too tight. Mm-hmm. Mommy and daddy are just wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's what we do when we go to bed. Yeah. Um, it's just so interesting. And I, I, I'm upset that they didn't promote it like that. I just thought that was an interesting point. But I'm glad at least that the legacy of this movie is like, it's gay. Um, I want to ask you what you think of the end scene. What you think it means. You did sort of admit to me that you were half paying attention at the end. <laughs> so maybe you don't remember. Uh-huh. But the last scene is like Ennis's daughter comes. And the whole movie, Ennis is like choosing work over love. Mm-hmm. He he chooses work over having his daughter stay with him, over being with Jack. Their their last their last scene together, they're like, I'm not gonna see you for six months because I'm have to do work. And Jack's like, Are you fucking kidding me? Um so he chooses work over and so his daughter comes to him at the very end says that he's getting married and he's like oh I can't because I have work and he's like fuck it I'm going to go to your wedding the daughter leaves and then he like opens up the cabinet where he keeps his clothes and he has like a shirt up that mm-hmm. Ennis sorry that Jack wore when they were fighting because they like it's identifiable because like they got blood on his sleeves mm-hmm. um, and the, the it's just like hanging his shirt's like hanging in the door of his cabinet with like a little postcard of Brokeback Mountain um no 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 <laughs> not gonna cry um and he he like buttons it up and then the final line is like jack i swear and then that's how the movie ends mm-hmm. i want i want to know what you think that means um maybe like part of it might be like he's finally opening up and loving somebody his daughter yeah and like actually committing to like i guess like your soulmate doesn't need to be like someone you're like romantically involved with like Mm. his soulmate could be like his daughter now and like he could love his daughter and like do all that and like actually be a good father Mm. and commit to something and work less yes um i don't think he i don't think ns ever falls in love with anybody no i don't think he ends up with anybody i think he just is a father and like does that for the rest of his life because he kind of definitely not another man. No, um, I, th- I agree. I, I get the feeling that he's just, and I think that's what the implication is. Yeah, because the final shot is like the corner of his cabinet and like the prairie out the window. And to me, that was just like he's he's like alone in the wilderness mm-hmm. now, um, which was ironically the place that like he felt comfortable with Jack. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I feel like that. I swear is like I swear I'm not going to be. 
I'm not going to make the same mistakes I made with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to make good on, like, what we never got to achieve together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. It's <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. I think it's really sad because, like, I don't know. Like, it already feels like I think a lot of people, and queer people, grow up feeling like the relationships that they want won't happen or can't happen or will never be fulfilled or the same as what other people get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Which think this, I blame on Disney. Oh, uh, true. I blame on everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this movie like really takes out and runs with it. Like how, how like society in the most extreme circumstances, like can really keep you from that. And I think now obviously things are a lot different, but there is still that feeling of like, you know, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be normal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be, you know, regular. And I think that, like, obviously, I see myself as valid. Mm-hmm. I see myself as, like, normal. Like, I'm totally, like, comfortable with how I perceive myself. And I don't, like, need other people's feelings of validity mm-hmm. or whatever. But I still do think that, like, fear or that that loneliness is is very palpable Mm -hmm. and i think that was very upsetting yeah um and it's just really sad to see two people who love each other so much just can't be together i mean it's a tale as old as time Mm -hmm. star-crossed lovers um but shit is just sad um and i wish like it sucks that this like really important queer story is so sad because you know we just like it's nice to feel joy and i think at least the the silver lining is that in this final moment ennis is like gonna gonna make right what he made wrong with jack like Mm -hmm. what he couldn't do with jack he will do with his daughter like Mm -hmm. share love and and be there for people and sort of privilege his connections over his fears um that shit's serious yeah that shit's serious i don't even know how to go from there um i'm telling you i'm like really down right now mm-hmm. like in a in a good way like because this movie made me feel things it touched you it touched me yeah all over period all over and up okay there's a hair on my mic i'm gonna take it off yummy you might hear some squigglies okay um so we're like at the end right yeah i would love to hear a moment for you that that is there anything we didn't talk about by the way that you were like itching to talk about because um... we have time let me take a quick gander at our notes. I, I don't, don't think so. She uses the word gander. I think I think we did everything. I think so too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me a moment that resonated with you that made you queer that that you identify with. Um, I guess if I had to choose one sort of theme, it would the character I related the most to was the blonde girlfriend at the end, Linda Cardinelli. Yeah. I related to her. I really, really, I really, really did relate to her. Why? Um, I thought her she she had those few scenes, but it really stood out for me. Mm. And she had that one beautiful line that, like I mentioned earlier, where it's like girls don't fall in love with fun. And also, I feel like I have this fear since I being like a trans woman that I'm gonna end up marrying someone who's gay. And I feel like that's, and I know it's completely unfounded, uh, <laughs> but like, oh my God, I just feel like that's like something that could possibly happen to me. Mm-hmm. And that would be like life 
like <laughs> ruining for me. Imagine. It would be really upsetting. Yeah. And like obviously I would feel bad for the guy because he couldn't like fully express himself. But like, oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah, that would be awful for you. Yeah. It um, won't happen. It w- <laughs> I'm manifesting that it won't happen. For me too. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's that's sort of what I resonated with. How about you? And you were I was gonna say you were very much like her. Like I feel like she was um like just the way that she came in, like she always wanna have like she mm-hmm. want to have a good time and, like, bring joy to, like, some sad man. Like, yeah. That's you. Period. No, literally. <laughs> literally, that's me. I know. <laughs> um, but you won't end up with a gay man. Don't worry. Thank you. And if you do... I'll just throw me away. Yeah. I was going to say kill him, but yeah, that works too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I related to a lot. I mean, I cried most of the way through the film. Maybe I'll post a picture of how sad I looked. Um, I cried... I cried 20 minutes in, 40 minutes in, hour in, and then the last 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've sort of like been struggling trying to figure out why it resonated with me so much. But I think like what what really resonated with me and what I feel like strongly about is like the lack of sort of emotional expression that men experience, that I've experienced, like feeling like I can't express myself or shouldn't express myself Mm -hmm. and i notice it in small ways i watched frozen 2 Mm -hmm. can't believe i'm bringing that up now um (laughs) but there's a whole song where Kristoff is like singing and there's a line about like before the song starts about how like it's okay like crystal's like i don't know if i should feel sad i'm a boy and sven is like it's okay like to feel sad Mm -hmm. um even though you're a man and i cried i cried when i saw that in the theater during this like before this stupid song um because i think that like i do feel afraid to like express myself or feel vulnerable or put myself out there and it's like very scary honestly Mm -hmm. it's it's scary to like hold yourself back like that and it's and it's scary to put yourself out there like that Mm -hmm. um and and both of these characters like struggle with that a lot and struggled with i think the the tragedy of loving someone you feel like you can't love or being with someone you feel like you can't get away from but you don't know how i just feel like those feelings of being trapped are always things that i like find very striking mm-hmm. um like that honestly the most tragic part of this whole movie for me is the fact that jack just wants a life with ennis and even when he knows that he's not going to get that life, he can't move on. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't do it. And I relate to that. I, I I find myself making decisions that I know are bad for me because I just can't do it. I'm not strong enough or I'm, I'm afraid I'm never going to have someone like that again. Like, that shit is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as a queer man, like, seeing the story, it felt very honest. Even though it was written by a woman and portrayed by two straight actors, something about it was very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've been dying to see this movie or not dying to see this movie, just if you're down to watch like a serious movie and cry, just do this one. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not in the mood a lot for that. And I'm going to need a full month of recovery. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was definitely good. Um, but Hey, we have this podcast to be vulnerable yeah. and to share a feeling. So it's working. Um, what do you, what do you give this movie? If you're going to rank it? I, I, I okay, so when I first watched it, I I when I first watched it, I I I I I I because I, 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 I stopped in the middle, 
Um, because I just had other stuff to do, mm. and then I, <laughs> and then and then I I like picked it up at the end, and the last half, the last like half hour was really 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 good, and I think it saved the movie for me. Mm. Um. So I give it like I give it like an eight point five. Wow, um, wow! I was not expecting because when you. I was texting Dan, I had only seen the parts that I didn't really care for, and like I I really did like the beginning, um, because it was that beautiful like classic what you think of Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. like what I thought the entire movie would be, <laughs> um, and then like I found some striking moments in the middle, but it was just like nothing, nothing, nothing. Great moment, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, and then Jack died and everything was sad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel like the movie picked up once, like, David Harbour and Anna Faris's characters were introduced, like, the Malone, the mm-hmm. Malone couple. Um, and then after that, I think, I think everything got, went uphill, storytelling-wise, yeah. and obviously got sadder. Yeah, and he's definitely slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, uh, the beginning was slow, and I was, like, sort of, like, slogging through it, too. Mm-hmm. Um... I think what you experienced is what I experienced, which is like, like it, it's building somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. it's building slowly to get us to a place. Mm-hmm. And it obviously, like, the payoff worked. We both were upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I'm I'm going to give this movie an 8, mm-hmm. an 8 out of 10. I mean, you have to be in a very specific place to want to watch it, mm-hmm. to want to cry, or to want to just, like, feel, feel these feelings. Um... But it's very well done, and it's not often that I see a queer story that I I see a queer story, mm-hmm. and also I see a queer story that like I can relate to, or I feel like some points of connection. I'm just a sucker for it. Like I pose, I I pose, I cry <laughs> every episode of Pose. It doesn't matter what's going on if you mention AIDS. Goodbye. I think it's just like sad queer things make me really really sad like AIDS makes me really sad gay people dying or not being able to be with each other that makes me really sad Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna unpack that I'm gonna unpack that because it's the plight of our people it is to be sad at our own victimization dying oh (laughs) (laughs) you're right you're right it is Um, but very well done I think this movie could have gotten more points if it had queer actors. Yeah. I think it could have gotten more points if it was maybe 15 minutes shorter. Mm-hmm. And it would have gotten more points if there was more sex scenes between the men. Because there's only one. Mm-hmm. There's only one. There were more straight sex scenes than gay sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Actually. Like, there was only one gay sex scene and multiple straight sex scenes. Yeah. It's not what the people want to see. I want to see man on man, burly... Although, uh-huh. we did get two very nice shots, both of Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal naked. Mm-hmm. Not their pee-pees, but we saw everything else. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Nice and lean. Yeah. Heath Ledger was lean. I was expecting him to be a little burlier, but yeah, he's a I lean know. boy. Also, like, when I think Jake Gyllenhaal, I think sort of like like a beefy, a beefcake. A really? A beefcake, yeah. What? In my mind, he's a tall, skinny boy. Oh, no. Really? In Jake Gyllenhaal? Mind, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is, like, beefy. From what? I don't know. I just feel like he's like kind of like burly. What? His face is maybe just his face for me is so skinty. He's like a long skinty face. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. Maybe just like you're watching too many action movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to think about that. Yeah. We'll unpack um, that in therapy. We'll unpack that in, in therapy. In our couples therapy. In our couples therapy. <laughs> we should do that. That would be so fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then we'll record the whole thing <laughs> for the pod. <laughs> I would love that. Our spe- and our special guests are therapists. <laughs> Dr. Judith. Mm-hmm. Um. We reached the end. We, we did, did it. I was nervous this was going to be either a really dense episode or mm-hmm. a really empty episode because there was just too much to talk about. Yeah. I don't think it was a very funny episode. Yeah. But I do think we talked about a lot of great, interesting things. Yeah. Um, and again, we talked about a movie with actual queer representation, uh-huh. which is great. Um, even though it's two gay men, which we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna gonna move away from gay men for a uh-huh. little bit. We're going to diversify. Yeah. We can only take so much, mm-hmm. so much gay men. We need, we need to move on. Um, but if you enjoyed this episode, please, please go please. follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Rainbow Rewatch. Mm-hmm. We post things. Um, that's not a great plug, but whatever. <laughs> um, also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We read every single one, mm-hmm. and we actually really take them to heart. So mm-hmm. leave us a review; it helps a lot. Share with your friends or your or your enemies. And your lovers. And your lovers. And your teachers. And your teachers and your estranged wives mm-hmm. and your boyfriends that you only see three times a year because you are not out. Yeah. Um, um, share with all of them. Please. Um, and tune in next week. We're going to talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say. Um, I love each and every single one of you. Um, please watch this movie. It's yeah. not what you if you don't know anything about this movie and you just know like gay cowboys, it's not what you expect. It's not what you expect. So you just... It was for both of us different. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go be a gay cowboy in the West, please call me. Mm-hmm. I'll come. And let's go fuck in the he'll woods. Fuck you. Oh, exactly. I'll bring the lube though. Mm-hmm. We're not using spit, honey. No, ma'am. <laughs> no one can no, take that. No sticky dick. No sticky dicky for me. I love you so much. I love you to to hell and back. Oh my god, I love you to heaven and back. Oh my god. Yeah, cause I'm light. I'm like that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>